It's Lights Out today on November 15th for the RLR podcast. We have a great lineup of topics today. I'm Nick. That's Matt. And away we go. We'll start off with Recharge today, Matt. How's it going, guys? Uh, yeah, I think uh, I got a couple of things to bring up to speed on that we found really cool. I think uh, Nick saw something. You know we guys were talking last week about uh, Porsche and, and why we like and just it was It was a Porsche episode, right? Well, there was something interesting Porsche did right after that. You know, I, I'd like to think that we had a hand in it a little bit. Maybe they were listening. Possibly, yeah. So Porsche uh, decided that they were going to release all of the marketing images for their concept cars over, I believe it was the past mm-hmm. four. Well, it was over the past week on their Instagram page and their Facebook page, but more so it was the the prototypes and concept cars over the past five or six decades mm-hmm. uh some saw of a couple which... saw a lot of stuff come across our youtube as yep they had some videos on there as well Th- very interesting designs I mean, um, as, as, I mean yes as you know typical of porsche some beautiful some not so beautiful you know it is what it is yep. the germans yeah i think when germans they either make it uh you know surprisingly beautiful or sub rather uh, typically german <laughs> yes <laughs> but what do you think that we had a hand in that you know last week and they're once again social media game is on point so porsche well done <laughs> if we yes. had a hand in that let us know <laughs> please podcast at uh, redlightresorts.com <laughs> please, please let us know uh another thing that uh matt noticed this week uh costco the... Maybe for, for everyone, first off, for everyone who doesn't know what Costco is, Costco is basically a large a whole wholesale store where you, know, you can buy, you could go to the, gro- the the grocery store and buy, you know, your, uh, what, your, your Wheaties or your toilet paper in a pack of two. Well, you can go to Costco and buy your Wheaties in a pallet and a pack of 62. So uh, Costco <laughs> is a wonderful place, you know, great food court. It, it, it's kind of like a. It, it's, it's like, a, it's like, like a, a big cult. box. It's a wholesale big box. <clears throat> it's like it's like a cult class. It's like a, it's like a cult following behind Costco and Sam's Club in the U.S. especially. But the the, the nomer for for Costco is that they sell everything, and usually everyone says they sell everything, right? Well, no, not Costco. Costco sells not only your standard electronics. They sell caskets in case you had a loved one die. You can get your oil change there as well. But the, officially now they are now selling a wheels up membership for seventeen thousand five hundred dollars <laughs> now for those of you who don't know wheels up is a private jet charter service uh private jet chartering has been blown up over the past five to seven years uh especially since the downturn in the economy and people who have private jets that don't well and even we could see an uptick because of covid you know and people not comfortable flying commercial so they don't want to charter flights or do or do private or be something a little more private than commercial you know and right. wheels up, I, th- I would say wheel, wheels up and net jets I, I think are the two you know most hotly contested players in that field right now but i just find it hilarious that at costco you can now buy a wheels up membership for seventeen thousand five hundred us dollars and for those wondering what do you get for that seventeen thousand five hundred you actually get not only the membership but you also get, what is it? Let me see if I can find the article here. You also get with that a $3,500 Costco shop card and $4,000 worth of flight credit. So 
good bang for your buck there from Costco. Yeah, another thing to note uh, for those of you who are not aware of the the private jet world, uh, the Wheels Up membership does not give you free private jet services. Uh, you still have to pay for those private jet services. You just have access mm-hmm. to those jets for that $17,500. Hence what Matt said with the $4,000 mm-hmm. in flight credit. They significantly reduce the cost of your charter for that private jet. However, it is still about the same price as a first-class commercial ticket. Mm-hmm. But still maybe a little bit safer than flying commercial. All in all, I mean, look, Costco, Costco forging new grounds, forging past there you know quite literally keeping true on you can buy everything at costco <laughs> yeah it it really is quite literally something i never thought you would actually be able to buy at costco but i don't I mean know how I, that I used to go to costco just to buy the rotisserie chickens because i feel like oh, those are good stuff. fantastic but now that i know that i can go there for also my luxury daily needs such as tires on the porsche in my garage which i don't have and the (laughs) my (laughs) charter jet service needs and my i believe the last time i was in costco with a friend of mine uh we saw Mm -hmm. a diamond studded rolex for right around the price point of one hundred and fifty thousand dollars in the case ready to go at costco Costco. probably right next to a square you know a square or a twenty dollar timex uh not too far away from that that watch no it's a, it, it really is you can buy anything, anything at, costco. at costco yes for those wondering you can find this on looking here you can find the wheels of membership within their electronics category online so go check it out <laughs> you do need the wheels up app to be able to use your membership though uh that is by far not a sponsor just something that i wanted to make note uh, and and felt like it needed to be said uh, for those of you who are not familiar with the Wheels Up NetJets uh, private jet charter services of mm-hmm. the world. Yet another reason to love what 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 a what a great partnering in, in uh, on demand jet travel. You know, it's much like uh, you could think. You know, what are some other iconic brand duos besides Costco and Wheels Up? <laughs> or or if we're talking about legitimate great partnerships <laughs> then you could also say that uh that goes very well with our porsche Embraer 300 uh, exactly from as, as, as 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 uh as amazing as peanut butter and jelly costco and wheels up Ugh, what, you, what, a, what a great pairing well, we can't, can't wait to see what comes out of the future <laughs> well, right. moving on Moving on down through, let's get out of out of recharge here. Last thing is uh, a congratulation to the Suzuki MotoGP team for their uh, their championship. Yeah, um, definitely should be noted as we talked about last week that uh, there there were some challenges and some points deducted, some pretty significant mm-hmm. penalties yep. to some of the other teams that had been in first place. Like but Yamaha teams. exactly and. But for Suzuki to take that, uh, the MotoGP championship, congratulations to them. Yep. I'm going to move on, uh, slide on into uh, paddock chat here, a little, little bit more in detail. And yeah, something I found kind of fun. My, uh, <clears throat> as viewers may may know, <clears throat> viewers, sorry, listeners, Lamborghini is kind of my uh, my poster, my, my child's bedroom 
you know, poster car, as it were, even over over Ferrari. And uh, I find it I find it hilarious that there was this article that I found over the past couple of days. Let me see if I can't go uh, can't go make sure I don't get it wrong from Jalopnik. And <laughs> what did you call it, Nick? The uh, the Italian the, organ donor service. Uh, Italian Italian organ transplant team. Well, it's because essentially. They, the Italian police used a what looks like a Lamborghini Huracan to tra- to transport a donor kidney 300 miles in two hours. So if you're in Italy, looks like you can give a you get you have the, the police with their Lamborghini Huracans to deliver your your much needed uh, you know life saving organs and yeah all that stuff very quickly. So I found it funny. You definitely wouldn't see something like that here in the U.S. Right. It's it's in you gotta gotta love the Italian police, right? <laughs> Just as much as you gotta love some of the cars in the uh, the Dubai fleet. fleet. Oh, that, it, it's a separate thing that we talk about later on. I mean, yeah, that that's an other that's an otherworldly fleet that they have. Jeez, yes. yes. They, I'm sure that I'm hope that they have a helicopter by now or something, or like one of those jet pack things for officers. Jeez. So wouldn't surprise me. Funny enough, I was uh, saw a video from the International Chiefs of Police show last year, uh, where they had the hover bike, the four prop uh, oh, motorcycle. Yeah. Wasn't Dubai getting a? Uh, it, it was in the Dubai police booth at the International Association of Chiefs of Police. Uh, nice. That they had just had someone literally just flying around inside their booth in the thing. <laughs> Uh, but they had to cool. they had to put up so many barriers because that thing literally will cut someone's head off. It's oh, four nice. four giant blades. Why waste time for arresting someone if you just fly over them and cut their head off? I mean, there you go. <laughs> so, great segue <laughs> with your words there, Matt. Uh, you know what can fly from oh, <laughs> from Dubai to the United States and in a single trip be da- and be that dangerous? No, 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 no. <laughs> It, well, I, I'm going somewhere. I'm, I, I've got to connect the dots here. So from Dubai to the United States, there, there's two planes that I think of. You've got the Boeing 747 Intercontinental, and you've got the Boeing 787 Dreamliner. But another Boeing plane has made the news lately. I'm so sorry for this transition. It's the best way I can get there. Uh, and you put 787 in, in there. It's We're actually talking about the 737 MAX. Yeah, I realized that um, after I put that in there. Well, we were both talking about the Dreamliner. It's a, a gorgeous plane that we both, love. We love. We both have traveled business class on, and it's it, it, it's a fantastic ride. Yes, really. uh, but the uh, news on the seven thirty seven Max is yeah probably around the world by now. Remember, <laughs> back in what January through March, eh, safety issues and the entire fleet of you know of Boeing planes was grounded. You know, pretty much throughout the world, right? Yeah, for for those with... yeah for those who don't know basically what had happened and um, I would say between the two of us I'm probably a little bit more of the aviation nut, mm-hmm. um, but seven thirty seven Max eights and nines were having an issue where on takeoff uh, the automatic system and the autopilot would try to correct the course if it felt you were pitching up too fast to prevent a stall. Mm-hmm. But the pilot couldn't override that setting, and unfortunately, uh, yeah. we had two very fatal 
accidents with that airframe and it was grounded. It still is grounded. However, across the world grounded. yeah, it, grounded across the world. The FAA immediately put out their statements. Uh, mm-hmm. International travel agencies from Canada, the EU, uh, pretty much everybody grounded that plane. Yep. It but, really tanked. You know, uh, after Boeing I mean, stock. well, it tanked all kinds of you know Boeing stock and other companies. I mean, Southwest Air, you know, prime their the majority of their fleet I think is seven thirty seven Maxes anyway. So, I mean, not uh, to mention ma- majority of their fleet are seven thirty sevens, but the Maxes, the Maxes hadn't been fully rolled out yet. Uh, they um, did ground a significant number of the Maxes, and I don't know how many of them were actually in service, but it was well, it was, was somewhere in the range of maybe ten out of their hundreds of airline fleet so it looks like there might be might be some good news on that front where well i think we're reading right nick within the next week or so there there are new certifications pending with the faa that might allow that plane to go you know be certified to fly again now that's not to say that we're going to be seeing you know be seeing these this airframe flying regularly like it used to you know COVID or not right within the next week what what i was doing research on you know that's just faa certification to, to fly again but then there's tons of software updates that have to be done across the entire fleet you know essentially you know around the country around the world pilots have to be retrained and recertified with you know with the faa to fly so assuming everything goes according to plan uh that airframe might just very well be you know taking starting to turn the corner out of the catastrophe that it's been in since January of this year. Yeah, and American Airlines and Southwest have both said, um, American Airlines being the largest air provider in the world uh, by Mm -hmm. both fleet size and uh, number of passengers transported, but uh, Southwest Airlines being the number one budget airline operating in North America um, and the Northern Hemisphere, quite honestly, uh, both of them being that the 780, or I'm sorry, the 737 Max 8s were such a huge piece of what was supposed to be their fleet this year. Mm-hmm. Both of them have said if the FAA can get those certifications done this week, they may have customers traveling on them by holiday time, so end of December. However, yeah, essentially they're leaving like the next weeks to a few couple of months to recertify and, and pretty much sort things out. So I, th- I would say potentially by the end of the year, we could see that airplane flying again. Now, interesting other thing part, you know, about paddock chat here with that is, you know, with, with the, F- the relationship between, I think, the FAA and other world aviation certification agencies. Right. Where I think, you know, typically, you know, it, it used to be before COVID, before this you know, incident, and so, I mean, incidents isn't really putting it <laughs> properly, maybe, but you know, the FAA was kind of the ruling guide, and a lot of other, even like at least smaller agencies around the world and other countries would take their direction from the FAA, right? And now it seems that a lot of those agencies around the world are instead, you know, instead of doing what you know, going off of what the FAA says, it's gonna, you know, do more of their own independent investigation and certification. So potentially an interesting shift in the world of aviation certification you know yeah and it i know that the incidences with the max 8 and the max 9 
both have really changed the way that things have gone in this industry. If you look at Mm -hmm. uh, just the soaring number of, and soaring pun intended, uh, (laughs) soaring number of like the Airbus A320 Neos that are being sold right now uh, with their, in my opinion, better fuel economy uh, and and longer and range than than the current. I I will still say that the the Max series is the next generation jet for Boeing. Mm-hmm. And it should be noted that a 737-800 or a 737-8 or even sometimes shortened to 738 is not a max jet. So a lot of people will get on to, and I had an experience like that earlier this year before the pandemic, uh, where I was getting onto a 737 and someone read the safety card and saw a 737-8 and had a very long, very frightened chat with a, a uh, flight crew member about, are we on a Max 8? And they had to reassure them, no, this is not no, a Max not. 8. It's not the same thing. <laughs> so, the, you know, the jet that we were on had been in service for almost 12 years. Well, so frankly, they couldn't have been on. Well, at the time it had been grounded, but there were still people out there, even after the grounding order, that just, for reasons, and it was, I don't believe there were any in the United States, but there was a couple instances with uh, a couple airlines in Southern Africa and um, Eastern Europe that, after the grounding order, still had a couple of them in the air, Mm -hmm. but... They, those were very quickly reprimanded and brought back to ground. The, yep. and, and I do agree with Boeing in the way they did it. I think the pandemic helped them significantly because without the pandemic and the severe cutoff of majority of commercial traffic, I really think that would have destroyed Boeing this year. Yeah. Um. And just like Porsche, Boeing has a very special place in my heart, <laughs> uh, being from Chicago. And you've got Boeing and United's headquarters right downtown Chicago. And mm-hmm. being an aviation nut, uh, I, I do, <laughs> I do uh, really, I, I have the hometown spirit for them. I like Boeing. Um, for those of you who don't know, I'm also an avid flight sim nut uh, with all the peripherals and rudder pedal yoke, all the that stuff. And one of the things that I've noticed in at least the most realistic flight models that are out there, I genuinely like flying the Boeing style better. I don't like the fly-by-wire. It freaks me out. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and yeah. while I, I do... I am getting used to the A320, being that it's the only one that's available in the new Microsoft Flight Simulator, which is something we can talk about another time. Um, it, The 787 Dreamliner is also in there, and I do, minus the 
flaws in the the game's coding. I do actually genuinely enjoy flying that plane a little bit better. But that being said, this is the this is November fifteenth. We had a huge F one race today. Uh, very interesting. A very interesting F one race. Very interesting from the moment the cars were unpacked off the truck to <laughs> the moment that they got packed back on the truck. Well, maybe we pump the brakes here and we, we first say congratulations to Lewis Hamilton on his seventh championship. I think, believe, fourth consecutive. I believe fourth consecutive, seventh overall, tying Michael yeah. Schumacher's record yeah. and quite honestly forever we'll have to see if there's going to be an eighth based on salary talks and rumors about him i don't know maybe hanging up his f1 helmet so hopefully there'll be a you know at least an eighth but we'll have to see if there will be an eighth next year yes and it it will i'm not the biggest hamilton fan however you can't deny that he is a fantastic driver Mm -hmm. that he has earned those seven championships and that he has forever solidified himself in the history books at yep. the, from this point forward. If he ever earned an eighth, he would be just setting yet another history book. Uh, however, with him tying Michael Schumacher in almost everything now, <laughs> I don't know <laughs> where else to where else he could go from here. Uh, He's setting those records. Uh, unless he unless he set uh, another record at this point he he's he is the he top of the motorsport yeah now he gets now he should smash the record <laughs> i think i think that'd be kind of fun but i mean it, it, he had an interesting showing here at, at, in istanbul with you know starting with qualifying it was a in very interesting qualifying um for the, i don't know i don't know if you watched the qualifying Nick. i saw bits and pieces of of course the end you know Right, with, uh, uh, with I race what was able to pull out of qualifying. I did yeah. actually watch all the way through uh, FP two, or I'm sorry, talk um, about a, not FP two, uh, qual two and qual three. Talk about an unfortunate, just for for Verstappen, just not, you know, taking the bull by the horns, maybe a little bit pun intended. In yeah, I was I was about to say, <laughs> but I mean, um, <clears throat> I mean this. this I think there was a photo shared of him just kind of like in a in a corridor just after the qualifying. Yeah, he did not seize the opportunity. Had he, you know, been in you know pole, sorry, I hit my hit my mic there. Um, had he not had he been in pole position, I mean, you know, to start the race, it could have been a very different turnout for him and Red Bull. But what a what an interesting qualifying session <laughs> just for to set the grid order today. Well, and you know, I I have to congratulate Lance. His ability yes. to handle that car in the wet was an absolute show of mastery. And for mm-hmm. someone who has struggled so much this season, he's mm-hmm. not a bad driver, and he clearly has a spot there outside of the fact. And, and I know someone out there is going to go, "Well, it's because his dad's the owner of the team." Yes, his dad is team principal. However, Lance showed that today. He deserved it. And and especially in that qualifying, he definitely deserves to be able to have that seat. Mm -hmm. Um, Well, it was interesting uh, today. 
And I mean, the track conditions were appalling with an, a, a brand new, literally brand new surface to contend with. Like what, 10 days prior it was finished, you know, refinished, plus the weather with the rain and it being cold, you know, cooler outside. And I think they had even washed the track really close to qualifying at, at one point, um, you know, and besides the rain and everything else. It, I think I remember reading an article. Wasn't weren't they driving like uh, Renault Clios around around the track at one point on like the night before the race to try to get you know put down some more rubber for for a grip? You know, or there was like there uh, there was something similar to that. Yeah, it was. They were just trying to get any kind of rubber they could down on the track. I mean, add that to the things you know, it's twenty things you think you would see in twenty twenty, <laughs> trying to trying to improve track conditions. By driving some, you know, normal quote unquote road cars on track just to dry it up, put some rubber down. I mean, jeez. And, and the, the start of the race too with uh, with Botas. I mean, not what I expected at all. I mean, I, I fully expected Botas and, and Hamilton where they were in grid order to shoot out to the front immediately within the first lap or two, and it's not what we saw at all. And and quite honestly, I think. One of the th- one of the major things that this showed was that the current W11, while it did end up taking first place with Hamilton mm-hmm. behind the wheel, I don't think that that car was well suited for the wet weather. No, I mean, I I do feel for Veltri. He yeah. really, really he struggled had with so grip today. Trouble today, Jeez. and the it. If you just want a visual representation of how today went, the photo of Lewis breaking down, sitting on the front of his W11, covered in mud. Yeah. That was another thing I noticed, too, was how dirty. I mean, you talk about clean air dirtier. That's how dirty the cars were. The I mean, just, just the, the bunch of crap. I mean, The blackened silver arrows. Ended yeah. up almost being silver based on just the amount of mud and white clay dust that had built up on the cars by the end of the race. They almost ended up silver again. Mm-hmm. And so it was a very, it was a good race. And I mean, and and even I would say that it was in it was an interesting race throughout the entire bit. And then once once the track obviously dried up towards you know the, the final laps. I mean, I think from, like, what, lap 52 on, give or take, you know, at least 52, 53, the, the order was pretty much set and stayed the same. Obviously not a good day for Red Bull. Um, it was a great day for, for Racing Point, right? You know, great day for, for Mercedes as well. Well, and we got a podium out of Ferrari for the first time this was season. Say, yeah, that that was interesting. I, I am so happy. I should say for the first time post-COVID season, but still. Yeah, but... I mean, I mean, congratulations to Seb. I, I mean, I it, like with what what was it like the last couple turns that? Uh, I mean, well, I I gotta find out what turn that was. What what it, turn? I want to say it was either the second to last or it was leading into the final straight. But Leclerc locked up, and he tried. I mean, granted, I don't think he was. I don't think you could argue he, he was, he was all going wrong. for the last because ditch he, aggressive he, he, move. Yeah, he was going for last ditch. He wanted, I mean, he wanted to. He didn't want to. He was going for for second. He's going for a second podium. I mean, 
and I don't blame him, but it it obviously was a risk, and I think he was it was a it was great on him to try to take the risk to finish the race in second versus third. Who wouldn't, right? I mean, second's better than you can't kind of get first with a thirty second lead from Hamilton, right? But he just what he, he is he locked what he locked up his brakes and Seb took advantage. I mean, and for Ferrari P three P four Seb got a podium. <laughs> and and jokingly set aside, it would happen to be on a day where Benotto wasn't there. <laughs> Which, yeah, about that. <laughs> Coincidence? I think not. <laughs> For those, uh, what I'm, what I'm, you know, referencing there. Nick and I were chilling out for the. Uh, the uh, Formula Dank subreddit uh, before this, and there was some very, very funny <laughs> instances of that, and just overall recaps and funny posts, funny, funny just about the in the race, the entire race in general. Um, it was was good. It's definitely worth spending some time on. But be careful, much like the YouTube, you know, down the rabbit hole. I'll watch one video, and then it's all of a sudden, and your eyes are bloodshot. I think you could spend a lot of time there if you're not careful. Just going down that rabbit hole. Yeah. So it was, um, it definitely was, was, it was interesting. Well, and another thing that I wanted to, to touch on today. Before, before, I think I know where you're going, but let me, let me ask this question before. There. Did you, this might not be the right question, but did you enjoy it? What I'm, and what I mean by did you enjoy the race is, it was interesting. It was a great race. We saw some great things. We saw some surprising things. I thought it was a great race. That said, though, I found myself wishing it wasn't wet. I know that sounds kind of obvious, but I didn't like seeing the stuff that happened to Botas or a lot of the issues with, with grip. I mean, you could name that to the track conditions, to the weather, to the tires, to the whatever. But I like seeing, quote-unquote, cleaner racing, I think. you know, Not that I didn't enjoy it. It's just I found myself longing for sun, for dry track with grip, you know, different, you know, different strategies than what they had to play with, with given the so, weather the conditions. I here's the thing. And I personally. I think that this was a good mental break for the fans. I understand Lewis won today. Mm-hmm. It's been him but for for you know how many races now i do understand the quote unquote uh podium fatigue that i've seen a lot of people talk about where it's just yep. the same podium over and over and over again mm-hmm. and just one and or that, two drivers yeah, I, that but... part i love just yeah i i agree with that part i i fully agree so with. so be- Those parts. Be- before we go any further i don't know that we would have had a quote-unquote non-wet result on the dries because of the Pirelli tire situation. Okay. I yeah. watch, Watching FP1 and 2, I mean, it was literally like watching... The tire situation mixed with the track situation. Yeah, you got the point. It's almost so, like it. it's better that this was this race was... I would I would say that it's in part sometimes it seems like it 
given the tire and the track conditions, and, you know, minus the weather, right? Might have been better for this one to be a wet race, frankly, to, so they could stay on inners or wet the entire time. Well, and, and being that, and we haven't touched on the, the Pirelli tire situation yet. Not yet, but we will. Well, let, let's bring it up now so we can t- dive a little bit deeper into okay. this whole thing. Let me let, let, let me open this up for us here. Or, or do who's you... getting fired at Pirelli? exactly so so for those of you who don't know or are not big f1 fans uh thank you for listening to this podcast by the way Uh, i know this is going to be a long one about a lot of f1 things however for those of you who don't know pirelli is the tire manufacturer for formula one racing uh of the pirelli tire compounds they're, they are seated by C1 through C5. C5 being the hardest compound available. What, When it comes to track conditions, newer tracks or newly resurfaced tracks need a softer compound to be able to grip the road better because there aren't the grooves and things from wear and tear in the tracks. So you uh-huh. usually bring a softer compound. What happened today and this weekend is someone at Pirelli, and someone openly admitted to it, they brought the hardest compounds they had, which essentially made the track dry or wet an ice rink. Yeah. So, Which, on a track that was already an ice rink, not exactly a good combination. So we've got the hardest... So we had the soft tires were on the were on compound three, mediums were on compound four, and the hards were on compound I think five. You which... were saying something to me too, Nick. Good comparison to uh, to like using Portugal to uh, to today. To, did you did you? I don't. I didn't, I didn't hear, to, did you explain that? No. So for example, Portugal, a track that was resurfaced at the beginning of the race season. So still, still, so so I think another point of clarification that that might uh, you know lend perspective to Istanbul as a whole: the fact that it was resurfaced like ten days or whatever before within two weeks, and no other pre, you know, pre F one race, like no other racing events to kind of lay down more grip and kind of wear away at that brand new, you know, slick surface. I mean, Portugal was newly refinished at the beginning of the year. Not the very beginning, but like I think. But like, they had had some tra- um, track time, yeah, and there still were still newly resurfaced, a little bit of track, but still an F one speak, still slippery. You know, something you don't often see from an F, you know, event. You know, right? From, which, which, let alone at Istanbul, where it was, you know, nothing happened, and ten days before. I mean, that's that's just insane. It, it, and, it's it's an ice rink. And Portugal no for yeah and. For reference, Portugal, they brought C- compound one, compound two, and compound three. Compound one being the softest, and the softest compound that you can get from Pirelli with the F1 tires, all the way up to mediums on the twos, and the hards were on compound three. That should show you that a newly resurfaced track, even one that had been resurfaced at the beginning of the season, was slippery enough that they needed the softer compound. And for those of you who don't know, softer compound is more grip. So though the softer the compound, the more it sticks to the individual grain of the track surface. 
So you were saying that the compounds they brought today was C1, 2, and 3, essentially the, you know, for C1 being for the hards, for the meads, and... No, opposite of that. So C5 was the hearts, meaning the hardest compound that you can get, the least grippy compound, was brought as the hard tires. The middle grip, what was the hard tires, the least grippy tires at Portugal, were brought in as the grippiest tires today. So the C3 was used for the softs. But am I correct in saying that what you're saying is C5 is compound Pirelli has see I'm sorry if I got that wrong I, I, I think I, C, I think C1 is their hardest compound I'm, I'm gonna I, double I may, check I this I may have misheard but I thought it's just one you know because we're going so deep in the tire stuff I, I, I probably misheard I, you're yeah essentially they brought you know what served as their in the end of it C1 being the hardest C5 being the softest you know what they brought to Istanbul for teams was essentially, you know, quite literally the the hardest of their offerings and arguably the most wrong choices. The track conditions. You know. You know what? I had it backwards in my head. You are correct. So C one is the hardest tire. C five is the softest tire. What they brought today were C one, two, and three. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah. But still, you know, whereas, you know, for I guess a good, uh, the hard, well, still still stands, the hard tire, Portugal, was the softest tire in Istanbul, essentially, right? Correct. So and back still, back in the 2018 was. season, for those of you who are F1 fans or, or not, if you go back and look at the 2018 season, there were one, two, three, four, five, six, seven compounds of tire from super hard to hyper soft and it went from light pink to like rose pink pink. red yellow white blue and then an orangey tan what they decided to do with that then is take the hard tires from the 2018 season and make that c1 the hyper softs are c5 so in an effort to to bring down the i mean i kind of miss the the rainbow you know it makes sense effort to simplify teams and spectators you know simplify the offerings yes so now the the current setup um is let's see yeah so their current setup is the the c1s are the hardest compound of the C5s are the softest compound. What they brought today, and I'm just verifying that I am correct in this one now, they brought the C1s as the hard tire with the white uh, bordering. Mm-hmm. Uh, they brought the C2 as the yellow marked tires, which would be your medium compound. And they brought the C3 as their reds, which would be your soft compound. Now, basically, what that means, and to go back and relate this to Portugal, they brought C5 as the soft, C4 as the medium, and C3 as the hard. The other thing you have to take into account is we had intermediates and wets only today. Mm-hmm. The intermediates... Everyone, sorry, most people, most of them started on wets, and then I think most finish on intermediates, correct? 
Correct. Now, here's the thing. The wets and the uh, intermediates are essentially soft tires with treading. Yep. So, we're still talking... chance at grip, but also, you know, water. <laughs> exactly. Um, and then, obviously, the, the channeling and the actual treading in the tires to wick water away from the, the inside of the car and to kind of force water out so that the grip can be applied. That being said, <laughs> we are looking at essentially the hardest tire that was available for Portugal being exclusively used today. Mm-hmm. Yep. And what we ended up seeing today with we Leclerc... Saw what a mismatch with... in tires could be. <laughs> well, definitely what a mismatch in tires could do, but in addition to that, with what Hamilton was able to pull off today is basically take his intermediate, run it in the, the wet conditions all the way down to a slick, to what yep. it was essentially a soft so tire. Soft. Yep. Basically take the inners and create eight softs out of them. And, and of course, that's why he. I think what in the beginning of the race, he wanted to pit. and Or no, his team wanted him... Well, tor- towards the, the end of the it was towards the end of the race or well, beginning of the race though he wanted to pit his team you know, the team yes, didn't and his want t- and to his... and towards the end for his, that reason I think his, he, his team his team pit. wanted him to pit he didn't want to and he refused yeah as the track the racing line dried up it ended up that in his complete favor that he had essentially you know essentially pair of, of soft slicks. And Correct. by that point, the racing line was dry enough to where I think I remember hearing on the, on his radio, like the last two laps, they were expecting some rain maybe on on the some of the some of the corners. Don't think that that actually came, but clearly, I mean, it just goes to show, you know, I, th- I think you you could say that you know everybody makes mistakes, right? And that's true. I would argue this is an example of why Pirelli and whoever is deciding on on, on what what compounds they're supplying. Races. This is why probably can't screw up. Period. Well, it became a safety issue because we saw. I mean, literally, it looked like Valtteri was on. Everybody can make mistakes, but Pirelli can't. We saw so many, so many spins, so many, you know. Well, within the first, out of the first corner. I mean, what was that? Uh, It was uh, Botas and um, oh. Was the other spin? Well, it was Valtteri and Carlos Sainz, was it? No. No, 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 I'm sorry, not. Not Sainz. Um, I can't remember. It's wasn't a. No, it was Esteban Ocon. I'm sorry. Yeah, it was Renault. Yeah. Yep. Because he got. I don't know if it. I mean, it was clearly unintentional, and the stewards marked it as unintentional. Well, didn't but... Williams? Wait, didn't didn't Williams pull something? For seeing where. Well, okay, so I was gonna get to this. Yeah, Williams started from the pit. Yeah, but I think I, I here here's I remember I know why they why they did it right because the the leaders of the grid when they go out for the formation lap, especially on on the tires that they had, they lose heat quickly, right? And with with the inners or the at that point they all had I think wets on. And as the leader is sitting out there, as the as the answers or the commenters were talking about. You know, when you get back to the grid after your formation lap to wait for the, the back of the field to actually take their positions, you could be waiting 40 seconds less or more. By that time, your tires are 
cold, you know? Well, so in, in rainy Williams, conditions like was, today, yes, those tires It was a are... good decision. I don't think they, they were obviously able to capitalize on it given where they finished, but well, being I mean, that, logically, that it was a good Latifi, decision. Being that Latifi retired and... George, yeah. George Russell continues to put up a fantastic fight every yeah. single week, and I just... I like watching him. He he's He is one to watch, I would say... You know, yeah, he could probably do very well in a in a Renault seat or a Haas seat. Alphatari. Mm. Pot- Maybe potentially, my. I, I I could see it. I could see a nice pairing, nice uh, competition between uh, Gasly and him, and then Alphatari seats. I could see that. And you know, is, who's gonna who's gonna keep the second who's gonna get the second seat for? Did Al did Albin Albon as the answer Albin Albon however you know I, I like Albon but I think I heard a couple albums today. Um, did Albon demonstrate enough today? First time a, a Thai driver has led you know an F one race, which congratulations to him as well for doing so. He uh, performed well today for Red Bull, except. You know, throughout the race, except to the end there. Um, but uh, do you think that... I don't think he's done enough to keep his seat yet. I hope I hope he does, but I don't think he has. Personally. Well, uh, I will leave it to the words of Christian Horner when he said it's his seat to... Yeah. It's either his seat, his seat to, to... Well, it's his seat to lose, is what yeah. he said. He wants to keep Alex, but Alex has to fight a little bit harder. He's yep. got the car. I, I think we saw that today, though. Oh, I, think, I, I definitely I we believe saw we saw him fighting hard it was, for it It was today. great. It, arguably, I think it was great to see Alex where I expect expect him to be, frankly, being that second seat. Yeah. Well, and and he complimented Max well today, and that's, I, that's difficult to say because today was such odd conditions. However... Oh, Could you imagine if Max had actually you know pulled out a, a, a pole position and, and how much different this race could have today could you imagine but the mm. again if max had a pole position what's to say that he wouldn't have gotten into a a race with let's call it um stroll from behind mm-hmm. and who's to say that he wouldn't have slipped on that outside corner like he did and lost his True. grip again i mean it, i'd argue though he was great through practice and qualifying and often passes near the the middle of the race and a little bit towards the end there too so who's to say that he couldn't have quote-unquote kept that up or started that way with a, a clear field clean air quote-unquote you know, out in front. Maybe yeah. kept it the entire race. Who knows? I mean, we won't know, but... I mean, still, still that, that, that by no means undervalues the achievement racing point. And, I mean, just... It was, it was really cool to see, you know, a pink Mercedes has <laughs> the formula, you know, the dank uh, subreddit, like to, like to coin a couple of their... But it was really great to see racing a racing point, and uh, you know, 
Uh, Seb pulled up right next to the filthy cars that they were, right next to Hamilton. And I think, you know, Seb was the first one to go and congratulate Hamilton. You know, well, after he remember, and it's hard to remember with the the pandemic and this year and this season in general. Seb is a world champion. Oh, hundred percent. Five, five time, five time. Yes. Five, four. Five or four. Five. I believe he's Hang a five time world. All right, please look it up. Out. But. Seb deserves it. I'm gonna look it up. Let's make sure we're right. Hang on. Hold your horses. And and to the people who say he's past his prime, I disagree entirely. I think for I definitely believe that Ferrari has done him dirty this year. I don't yep. personally believe that Bonotto is being honest when he says that there isn't a favoritism over Leclerc. And I share that. I share that opinion as well. It just, well, that and by the way, the Ferrari uh, pit team, pit crew team, needs some serious overhaul work. Oh God! Why is it that every single time Seb comes in, there is always a front right tire issue? There's always a front right tire issue every single time i i i never four by the way to confirm it, it is four okay i agree though and so it so, never happens to leclerc does it? no it, it doesn't ever seem to happen to leclerc and or if it does happen to leclerc it seems that everybody kind of turns a blind eye to it but it's frustrating with your opinions i, I think Seb coming back to Aston Martin next year. Uh-huh. Because he, and granted it was... Well, essentially Aston Martin being current day Alfa Romeo. Aston Martin being current day Racing Point. Is that not... Oh, you're right. No, I had that. Yep, I had that. Yep, never mind. I was wrong. So... You're right. I had, I had, those, I had those lines crossed. So with that... I mean, is it going to be a green Mercedes next year? <laughs> Ultimately, what it appears to be is that the the quote-unquote pink Mercedes that we saw this year, BWT, I guess, has decided to discontinue their sponsorship with F1, and the presenting you know, sponsor of the car gets to choose the color of the car. You know, I'd like to see uh, Aston as the presenting sponsor. Correct. Correct. I would like to see, being an English company, I'd like to see the car in British Racing Green. Oh, that's they have decided that already. It, oh, it, is, look, it thank will goodness. be British Racing Green. Oh, I, there, I, I know that I, I, a long time ago I was fascinated the the various co- you know racing colors of each country and and you know and I don't I don't remember what they all are, but I gotta say, even being you know uh, in in the U.S., British Racing Green is my favorite out of countries racing colors. Yes, I. British Racing Green. Yeah, it it will be a very interesting year next year. Seeing, and Aston Martin. I you know, almost an Aston Martin green at this point, because. It yeah, is it's it's British Racing Green, but it's, in all honesty. When is 
another car really donned that color besides Aston Martin. <laughs> Not often. <laughs> or at least memor- being be memorable. Well, because Lo- Lotus had the black and green. Or, I'm sorry, the black and uh, gold. Mm-hmm. I, I actually found, I think, a color guy. I'm not sure if this is still all apparent, as this is 2014, but it looks like Argentina is blue and yellow. Mexico is gold. Switzerland is white and red. Brazil is yellow. Netherlands orange. White, Spain, yellow, and red. Makes sense from their flag, right? Portugal is red. Canada is white and red. Go figure. Egypt, I did not know, was purple. Poland is white and red. Sweden is blue and yellow. Japan is white and red. And Australia is green and gold. Now, the ones that we all, I guess, like the, the key players here, the UK, United Kingdom, is British racing green, which still is my favorite, frankly. Um, the US is, as I did not know, but now I, I'm, I'm, it's coming back to me, is imperial blue and white. I did know France. that, and that's part of where Red Bull got there. Uh, mm-hmm. color scheme from is france is uh blue de france makes mm-hmm. sense italy it, italia italy is uh rosa corsa which makes of sense course. and germany is white or silver and you know silver arguably i gotta say though that my three favorites have got to be germany the u.s and the uk but that british racing green i mean you mix a little of that i mean i we're talking about mix like stupidly mixing colors right Mix a little of that Germany silver with the, you know, the UK British racing green, or maybe that the US imperial blue and white with some uh, Germany silver. I, I love those. Uh, I love that those combos. <laughs> it is, but you can't yeah. beat the British racing green. I mean, throughout history, you just, you just, in current day, you can't beat it, man. Well, and and I believe it. every one of Aston Martin's top end vehicles has always been able to be purchased in british racing green yeah i'm looking forward to i i already i'm looking forward to hit seb's transition back there next year i would agree with the statement that he is not you know quote unquote washed up or or, or, you know old hat although what i would also argue is a switch back there is not going to be something that unlocks his potential i think he it's going to come gonna down to a combination of him. the car. He's going to need the team behind him. He's going to need a great car, you know, but he's also going to have to, I, I think, to kick it into overdrive here. And he's going to have to, you well, know, I mean, become... if, if what is now Racing Point just steals the W11 for next year, then he'll be fine. And <laughs> <But. laughs> let's not say that. Because <laughs> they, they did it this year. It's just a W10. It's the reason they, they called the pink Mercedes. <laughs> Yeah, it, it, it'll be good. I'm looking forward to see how, obviously, not all the driver lineups are, are, are set uh, for next year. Looking forward to see, you know, much more of these from those pan down. Hey, we might not even have Hamilton next year, for all we know. So, yeah, we'll see. The world of F1 will be a very interesting place next year, as will... As will the rest of the actual world. Well, as will the world, and especially the world of Formula E. But... Mm. I am it's... looking forward to, to get back into F, FE here. Uh, it's... Uh, Formula E is something that I feel like it was robbed from me right as I was getting in. It got stolen from me, you know. Yeah, because I, I was going to love it. It got stolen from me this year, so I'm looking forward to having that back. We'll see. Yeah, and uh, it's interesting that we only have three races left in the yeah. F1 season, and almost everybody we'll else is wrapping up. up. Yeah, almost everybody else is wrapping up their their seasons here. So 
Well, let's keep making sure that Kyle's keeping enjoying stuff, and we'll see how things shape up for next year, right? Exactly. Across the across the motorsports world, and anything, and you know, as we see, uh, you know, through the end of this year, we'll see how the aviation industry changes. We see how, you know, the motorsports. We see how we don't want to hit something a little bit more you know, on water. You know, good, maybe a thing to hit. You know, would be like like I don't know, like like cruising industry. You know, yeah, well, you you are definitely much more in tune with the, uh, well, I'll say the commercial cruise industry as well as just the, uh, what, what would you call it, the the water sport, watercraft, in, watercraft industry. Yeah, in I, think, uh, I think I think I focus so much on. I have to get much like NASCAR, get back into it. I focus so much on my commercial cruising because I recently been on a lot of cruises and I've, I've really found that I, I love it and I, I like not just the vacation aspect but I, I love the technical I love just I love how they like they make floating cities you know I just love keeping an eye on that kind of stuff so maybe we uh I'll, I'll take a look at that and, and just bring up, up some for some topics on uh later uh later shows here yeah especially as I mean like we've been saying the racing seasons are dying down what do we what do we look to well are is there will certainly be no shortage of pontification in the motorsports, aviation, or watercraft world. So, no, and and the question that I'm I have, I guess, is: Are we going to see more in the esports leagues during the winter? Now that esports has become so mainstream and popular, mm, are point. we are we going to see Leclerc in a banana suit driving his <laughs> Ferrari around the track in F one twenty twenty? the video game or are we going to see but one can hope right <laughs> i really do hope so some of the i i went back today and i was looking at some of the older memes that came out when the whole esports league was going on mm-hmm. and the dress-up days that they did and the the insane uh, I can't remember if it was Leclerc or Gla- uh, Gasly who said that it's a very different feeling when you win a podium in an esports league and you throw your hands up and you cheer and then you turn around and stir your pasta. Instead I don't of, remember who said that, but that's hilarious. instead of shaking and you know instead of celebrating with champagne, I turned around and stirred my mac and cheese, and that was so, like it was something as simple as that. And I went. You know what? That kind of really describes the world right now. And that was that's twenty. That was a while ago. <laughs> I mean, that was from. Oh, geez, that was back in June, I believe. I mean, that was. That was <laughs> Who knows? It was definitely back at the. End. It it was a quite a while ago. Quite a well, while. Well, we'll uh, we'll definitely. Uh, see, we have some time. Actual, you know, you know, live, you know actual motorsports versus e, you know e-motorsports right so we still have some time like we'll enjoy it and we'll keep uh giving you guys our opinions on it and you know let us know if, if anything uh you think we should talk about reach out to us right yes definitely well what is there anything else you wanted to hit today um tonight today not much else on the actual schedule, but we still have about 15 minutes worth of time to fill. So I'm wondering if... Is this something that we want to go back and touch on? Maybe... Is there something else that we had from last week that didn't make the cut? <laughs> didn't make the cut. Uh, I don't know. Maybe... 
Ah, we could talk about. You wanted to talk about. I think Lewis being more than a driver. You were talking to me about. Yeah, I can. Week. I can kind of go deeper into that. You're giving me some pointers. I, I'm not quite following where you're going, but maybe maybe you can lay a groundwork and like give my opinion on it. So, long story short, and we'll stick with the the F1 topic, I guess for for this show. Um, is really seeing Lewis Hamilton being more than just a driver this year, being more than just the F1 driver, the big F1 driver, and kind of the way he was. I mean, he really became where Mercedes said he found his voice this year. He always had his... uh, Oh, Toto said something along the lines of... uh, He always had his foot, but now he's found his mouth, which... He said it in German, which I guess would roughly translate to, he always had his driving ability, but he's now found his voice. voice. Uh, He got really big into the activism this year. Uh, He was a style icon, wearing, uh, I believe it was to Monza, or I believe, might have been Monza, when he wore the pink Burberry bucket hat and matching day suit Mm -hmm. while also having sunglasses on his dog. I know that that, you know, and people were like, oh, now he's a style icon. He's more than just a race car driver. Is that to say something like, I think I know you're going with this. Is that not something that he might not have been known for in the past, but arguably... Like it's expected though, being top F one driver figurehead. It was more weird that he didn't do stuff. I would say like maybe it was more weird that he didn't do stuff like it, before. It was more interesting to see that he popped up on YouTube for that specific outfit. Popped up on such YouTube channels as, uh, or, or it could have been YouTuber podcasts, uh, such as James Charles and. Uh, beauty gurus and some of the other larger like makeup and and fashion channels where Mm -hmm. they were just saying oh look at this guy not look at this F1 driver it was look at this guy who happens to be an F1 driver yeah so it was kind of this is he you know and some people would argue, is he bringing the sport into the mainstream, but is he bringing it in too late now that there is a, a decent amount of controversy over F1 being still gasoline-powered versus Formula E and yeah. the you know something that we were going to dive deeper into in another episode was the whole sponsorship issue. Well, actually, one, one thing that we I think we did have on today's was uh, wind tunnel stuff. That I was reading about. Yes. Well, you know what? So, I'll let's finish up this this short Hamilton topic. But basically, what people said was he was kind of becoming more than just an AF one driver. People were recognizing Lewis Hamilton as, you know, a speaker and a figurehead for a specific mm-hmm. movement. Um versus it's a good thing he's you know these celebrities quote-unquote in various fields not just you know athletes or 
you know, motorsports, F1 specifically, you know, they have platforms. So ideally, now more than ever, you'd like to see them using their platform for specific reasons, for good reasons, right? So the fact that he's found his quote-unquote voice, I think, is a really good thing. And should he not continue in, hopefully he does, but should the rumors be true and he not continue after year, it's going to be really interesting to see what he does then with his platform, you know? Maybe he's started to truly use his brand and, and, and build on his brand with his voice, and we'll see where that takes him. Maybe, you know, come I've seen the future in or outside of F1. As right. F1 in general just starts to look, look outwards more, I think, with driver's salary caps making the sport more approachable, um, you know, environmentally friendly, and, and so on. Right. So... I think no, I, I definitely agree. I think it's a very good thing. I think it's bringing more people the attention to the racing industry in general. Mm-hmm. Um, it was just interesting. Should the the whole point that was brought forward, and obviously you just gave your opinion as should these drivers be more public figures than just race car drivers? You could take okay. Let's take. Albon, for example. Mm-hmm. Will Albon ever be more than just a Red Bull driver? Will he ever be a public figurehead, a household name, and someone that people look to for current events and issues? Probably not. Mm-hmm. Hamilton really has Hamilton has gotten to the point now where he's been in this industry long enough and he's been driving for enough time and has accomplished so much in that process that he is becoming that household name where someone might go, well, I wonder what Lewis's take is. You know, what is his take on this? So that's not a bit. That comes with more responsibility. It definitely comes with more responsibility, and I think you have to, to manage that stewardship better. And one of the things in that is looking at the sponsorships on the F1 cars. And I know we were going to say this for another time, but I think, we should just make I mean, we note can do of it. Really quick. Yeah, we should make note. F one has had, and actually, Donut Media had a really good video on this oh, as well. Yeah. Not, not, not sponsored. No, no connection with them. But they had, yeah, they have a fantastic video describing, you know, explaining the situation. But long story short, F one has had a very tumultuous uh, history with sponsorships. Most Rich recently energy. being. Well, Rich Energy was a huge one, but most recently was the Mission Winnow uh, mm-hmm. on the back of the Ferrari cars, which ended up being just a landing page for Marlboro Cigarettes and the Philip Morris Corporation. Yep. Essentially, what it comes down to is socially and environmentally. You know, they're making all of these strides with environmental rules and driving the sports more approachable or for new entrants and blah 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 both for spectators and you know um teams and and uh i can't think of the word but um partner manufacturers and so on but it also comes with vetting the names they have on the size of their cars where they previously it hasn't been done so might be fixed you know obviously you would think it'd be obvious right the fia then i i think the fia should 
know, if, if there's a new sponsor potential or potentially a new sponsor for any team's car, FIA does a, an investigation to see if they're a legitimate business or not, you know, before the, their name goes on the side of the car. I mean, it, it's not that it's not that well, yeah, different. it's not that big of a deal. And so it would mean it would mean a lot and, and go a long way in terms of shoring up the tumultuous history of some of the sponsors have been on F, you know, through and, and not just rich energy, but there's been like what fake uh, Nigerian princes, the company, their company, a side of car. They, there, there's been so much in F1. So just, there's been Nigerian be- princes, there's been scam artists, there was the rich energy, which people say actually exists, but nobody's actually seen a can of rich energy ever. The mm-hmm. even the people who work for the company are like, yeah, we don't even know what it looks like. Uh, you know, you've got Mission Winnow and all the different ways that Philip Morris and Marlboro Cigarettes have tried to sponsor cars in the past, specifically since they had such a deep, deep-seated foundation in F1. Mm-hmm. I mean, between hey, the Ferrari the cars and the McLaren cars back in the yeah. day being the... Back in the heydays. Yeah, I that... The McLaren cars for a while, the only sponsor they had was Marlboro cigarettes. Yep. So. And it's definitely something to fix, you know, something to look into. It. In addition to these drivers having a greater platform, it should have a greater, a bigger platform. And in part does. And that also comes with greater responsibilities. Now, I, I think that, you know, maybe to transition to the last thing here was the wind tunnel stuff that I find really cool. Um, I, th- I think arguably, you know, F1 trying to go more, not carbon neutral, but like more environmental change in the world and so on. Uh, you, have, you have Formula E that, that competes on. Obviously, that's part of their MO with, you know, being all electric and producing their own power on grid and so on and blah, blah, blah. And one thing, I think after the Portuguese Grand Prix, F1 officials, FIA officials, whatever, sat down in a room or whatever. And, you know, what are we going to make the sport more approachable? What are they going to change? brought up as a suggestion or, or an idea is to ban wind tunnels um because and you might be wondering why that matters because i think f in terms of f1 cars i don't think there's been an f1 car that has been made without a wind tunnel since like then or like early 2010s or like, like 2010 or something like that. i think i remember reading so uh, it might it seems it seems normal to, to use a wind tunnel to make a car but in the spirit of environmentalism and climate change there's a lot of resources i don't even know the full scope of it but the more you look into it there's a lot of energy that's needed to operate a wind tunnel and to keep it going let alone the amount of hours to design a car and every year for the past like 10 years so one thing they're thinking about is and the in uh, another way to expensive right energy cost is to make it also more approachable for teams. And I think it's I think it's a good idea because of the alternatives. Um, Toto made a comment that I I think it is the only hard part. And the other, you might ask, well, what is the salute? What, what's what's the what's the placeholder? What takes the place of wind tunnels? Because you can't just you know make these things out of clay and send these cars, these fastest cars in the world around, right? But the answer is computational. 
dynamics where essentially using computers and to do the same thing a wind a wind tunnel does but it's not quote unquote you know real life there's far less cost energy used in comp in with computers and all programs and i think it's a good idea frankly um i don't know if you have an opinion nick but i think the only hesitation i have is toto said where you know you don't want to not have a wind tunnel and actually see how these these different wings and these different parts and the cars are going to react and then the testing actually happens when you put a driver in the car and then their safety's at risk because you're actually for the first time in real life with real wind you know real downforce testing it then so i think the stipulation might be that if they ban wind tunnels it'll be by 2030 and that should give teams time to boost up their computational their their cfd analyses and, and their pro computers to get to a point where they can create cars fully in these systems and in, in, in this way and not have it be they and actually understand how the cars are going to react you know what i mean right i i think if with that stipulation with that time benchmark you know, to give them time to build up this, this new, newer it's uh, building technology. It's building the ability to have a simulation data that's so advanced and so accurate so that you don't need to be in tunnels. Exactly. But and, there is a there, there is a safety part. I agree. There is a safety part in tunnels. Is these cars have the most downforce and the fastest cars in the world, and they are dangerous. And you don't want to do everything theoretically. And then stick a driver in it and put it on track and see what happens. So I think, you know, I think it's a good idea. I I, I am in favor of the idea along with if they don't do it immediately, it's like by 2030 to give teams time to to adapt, to adjust, you know, in the means of, you know, advancing the sport, in the means of in advancing the environmental impact, reducing that impact of the sport. And you got to think about it too. Wind tunnels have been around for forever, right? computational fluid dynamic stuff is new and f1 is supposed to be the cutting edge of technology right so even you meant to start using this stuff more prevalently among the teams i think oh yeah i i definitely agree and it's yeah it, it's it's interesting i don't know about banning wind tunnels within the next year i do i think oh heck no heck no but no but giving, overall banning within a certain time horizon. I, I could see that giving them a time period and, and having them adjust to that. Same as with any other major rule changes, you know, like mm -hmm. voting on it now and having it be something that's five, six years in the future. Like when they went from having the screaming V 12s to the V eights now to the V six, uh, hybrid systems. It's, you know, yeah. It's definitely you, you need time <laughs> to yeah. to elapse there, but yep. And arguably, I mean, they give them time, but I think it. it I like seeing all. It's I like seeing, you know, as fans, we don't want the, uh, you know, we don't want it to stay stuffy. We want it to change, which we don't want to see the same podiums and the same finishes. And you know, arguably, we'd even I'd even like to see a time where. It's the best, just the, the driver with the be, with the best skill levels. I finish high on the podiums or, or finish number. Now it seems it's so much so. It's whoever has the best car wins. Period. You know, and I'd like to see it back 
I like to see it back in the old days where the cars were kind of whatever they were and you had to be a really good driver to get the most out of your car to win, you know, over anybody else. Where it comes more down more to driver skill than just how great the car is. And maybe Racing Point's a good example of that where copying Mercedes' car last year, you know, you see the benefits that their team is having. Now, they have great drivers. I'm not saying that they're not. But you also can't argue that that is also a lot of that is also due to the car. Right. And while these machines are the pinnacle of technology and automotive, you know, racing, automotive technology, I also yearn for just plain raw driver skill, you know? Frankly, put them in like a 15 horsepower electric engine with an open seat and a steering wheel and two wheels and just let them go around a go-kart track. Let's see what happens. Give me the exact same carbon copy. Well, and and, and that's that how a lot of these drivers are forged is on the go-kart tracks, the uh, the yeah. karting tracks of the world. So, Or it's it's skill. And yeah. not that these drivers, all of these drivers, no matter if they're in a quarter team or Mercedes or not, Red Bull, Mercedes, Renault, McLaren, you know, whatever, they're all the best drivers in the world, current, arguably currently. But I think we're, with you know, be careful with all the innovations and technology and the car is getting better and better and safer and safer, whatever. We also don't want to step too far away from, you know, needing driver skill. So, right. You know what I mean? I do. We'll see. Well, anything else? Uh, anything else? Nothing peaking, else. Uh, on your mind? Nothing else at the moment. All right. Well, then, uh, everybody, thanks for tuning in with that. That's a checker flag. On. Thanks for tuning in. Uh, make sure to check out our. Our social media accounts at Redline Resorts on all social media platforms. And if you guys have any questions or any solutions for or solutions, suggestions rather on things to talk about or you want to interact with, feel free to, sh- to shoot us an email at podcast at redlineresorts.com. With that, I'm Matt, that's Nick, and we'll see you guys next week. See you guys.